The quarter staff whipped over Skamos' head as he lunged forward, driving the end of his own staff into Dram's gut. There was shunted from his lungs, leaving him clawing for his breath. Skamos took a step back, admiring his handiwork as his instructor slowly recovered from the staggering blow. Footwork like that! <coughs> they won't know what hit him! A smile crawled its way across Skamos' face. Dram had been both his combat instructor and best friend for the past ten years, and in that time, Skamos had committed his teachings to heart. Dram saw the pride that shined in the young man's eyes. No, don't go getting cocky. Remember who taught you all those maneuvers, boy. I put plenty of time into our extra practice sessions. I've always admired how driven you are. Make me proud in the trials. I'll be watching. With that, Dram clasped a large hand over Skamos's shoulder and led him over to a large trunk on the far side of the house. Dram chuckled. Never thought I'd look at this guy again. <laughs> Saying that, he took a seemingly ordinary key from his coat. Before the key had even touched the lock, the chest emitted an amethyst light, and the lid opened with a loud thud. Skamos's jaw went slack as a large ladder that faded deep into darkness appeared. Don't you go, whelp! Dram stated, gesturing at the trunk. Skamos reluctantly placed one leg over the edge, testing the apparent ladder. Dram then waited a few moments and climbed down right after him. The space was a bit stuffy, making air something to be pawned after instead of something that was readily available. It reminded Skamos of the miners' tunnels he had read about in class. There was hardly any room to move, and the only way to go was down. Dram whistled a tune as they descended. It sounded strangely like a lullaby his mother often sang to him in his youth. After a few minutes, Skamos started to smell a dank odor, and noticed the rungs of the ladder were damp with moisture. He hit a slick, moss-covered ground. Skamos took his bearings, realizing he had arrived at some sort of natural cavern. Don't go running off now! Ain't much down here lets you know where to look, Dram said, descending to the final rung. Now then, this way! Dram walked over to a wall, covered in moss, and started feeling around. Don't just stand there! Come on and help me! Skamos walked over and began palming the moss. I'm not really sure what we're doing, Dram. The feeling of moist tendrils creeping over his hands. Suddenly the wall began to shift, creaking horribly as if some ancient mechanism was at work. Ah, oh, finally! croaked Dram. Inside the room was a few training dummies, a wall of weapons, and a large supply of stoppered booze. Had it in mind to hide here when the wife was being a bit much. <laughs> I miss that old bag. <clears throat> anyway, I wanted to give you one of my old weapons. Served me well when I was with the god it did. He pulled a finely carved quarterstaff from the wall. Made from the finest ebony. And it hides many secrets. You'll figure that out soon enough, I'd imagine. Dram pointed to a symbol and spoke a word of power. Ingram! The tip of the staff opened as his voice echoed within the chamber, glowing chains sprouting forth. Give her a swing, boy! Skamos reared back and lashed forward with the staff, the chain missing the dummy by a half a foot, but still tearing a large gash into the stone wall beside it. Well, you'll get the hang of it eventually. Dram walked over to a barrel situated in the corner of the room and popped the cork. He wafted the smell with a wrinkly hand and produced two large flagons from the shelf next to it. Looking into the cup, he grimaced and smiled. Eh, little dust won't hurt you after everything I've put you through. Then he poured an amber liquid from the barrel. Come, 
Share a drink with an old man, Skamos. Skamos obliged, reaching out and taking the flagon. Cheers, then, to you becoming a man. I know you'll be a great one, just like your father was. Skamos sipped his drink, thinking how he never had the chance to really meet his father. His mother refused to talk about him much. The only thing she said is that he had died bravely, combating something dangerous that was threatening the village. Dram shared stories of their adventures of old and assured him that he was no pushover. Dram would talk about amazing creatures and fantastical skirmishes, all while in the service of the Order of Ashes. The Order was a group of elite guardsmen who were trusted beyond the walls of the city to deal with threats, scout for food, or even parlay with the sentient monsters that lived beyond the wall. The members of the Order were the only ones allowed to leave the city, as the danger for normal civilians was considered much too grave. Skamos looked up from his cup and shook his head to clear away the thoughts of his father. Thank you, Dram. I promise I won't disappoint you. Skamos reached his hand up to brush away a single tear that escaped his eye. He knew that once the trials began, there wouldn't be time for training sessions or even a visit to his old tutor. Dram cleared his throat. As a touch of emotion leaked into his voice. Well, <laughs> enough of that. Let's get you back. Your mother must be worried sick by now. With that, the two of them headed back up. Skamos bowed to his master and then ran off in the direction of his home. A smile split his face as he ran. His spirits were on high. Running through the village square, Rohan appeared with his friends Sigurd and Jess. <laughs> Rohan scoffed loudly. That's a nice staff you got there. Why don't you let me see it? Skamos slid the staff from his back and made ready for combat. Rohan had been a pain in his side from as early of an age as he could remember. Skamos had beaten him half a dozen times, but the lesson seemed to often need revisiting. Looks like he never learned his lesson, eh, Ro? Rohan squared his shoulders and stepped forward. He had a powerful frame and liked to use it to take whatever he wanted from anyone he deemed weaker than himself. Oh. Overhearing the commotion, a guard happened by and ran over. Put those weapons away, boys. There'll be plenty of time for fighting during the trials tomorrow. A look of excitement crossed Skamos' face. I had almost forgotten. And with the brief distraction, he took off toward his home. He opened the door and he found his mother sitting in the foyer with dinner prepared on the table. I really wish you wouldn't stay out so late, she said, cradling a small teacup. Sorry, Mom. I told you I'd be out for a while, Skamo said, seating himself at the other end of the table and voraciously taking a bite out of a large steamed potato. How did you get all bruised up this time? Her hand lifting the teacup to her mouth and her brow furrowing in anticipation of a lie. I, uh, I fell down the hill, past the Bucknanans. Nasty fall it was. A sigh escaped her. You know, you don't have to keep lying to me. Dram told me ages ago that he was training you. Although... I begged him otherwise. She set the cup down and began stirring the amber liquid with her finger. I thought we agreed you'd be happy helping in the bakery with me, but I can see the glimmer in your eyes, the same one your father had. She lifted herself from the chair and walked into her bedroom. After a moment, she came back and produced a box. This is all that was left of him, all that they could bring back. Skamos reached up and took the package and pulled the lid off. Inside was a dented helm and a small pouch containing a tarnished ring. The helmet was well rusted beyond its day of use, and the ring had clearly been one presented to a member of the esteemed Order of Ashes, the sigil barely distinguishable. Skamos felt water building in his eyes. 
I know you're showing this to try and change my choice, but I will do everything to become a member of the Order of Ashes, and you're not gonna stop me. His mom sighed again. I know that, son. Just promise me you'll be careful. The trials aren't something to be taken lightly. Those who were under 18 weren't privileged to watch the trials, and it is forbidden to talk about them, although word always found its way around. Held every three years, the trials always change. The only thing that never changed, though, is the large quantity of young men and women that perished each time they were held. The system was put in place partially as a means to control the population of the city, as well as to find suitable occupations for each participant. Masters of every variety gather to watch and choose amongst them the best candidates to work under them. I'm not gonna die, Mom. This is the reason I've been training. I need to be better, stronger, faster, and hopefully one day I will be able to save those in need. One day... I dream that I can be as good as my father was. Scamless's resolve was palpable, and she knew there wasn't any point trying to deter him further. A moment passed, and a knock found its way to the door. Scamos opened it up. Here you go! A tall man dressed in several animal furs extended a beefy hand with a letter bearing a scarlet seal. With that, he turned and walked away. Scamos broke the seal. Dear resident, the taxes have been increased in part to the ongoing burdens and scarcity of resources the village has incurred. A sum of 500 gold will be collected in 20 days. With thanks, the treasury. Scamos's hands closed into fists, crumpling the note. That damn crook thinks he can keep robbing us, knowing damn well no one can afford to pay it. Who is at the door, Scamos? His mother looked over from the other room. The tax man. King wants another 500 gold. What? She moaned. That's almost all of our savings. Skamos went to lay down. A soft cry could be heard through the wall. I wish someone would teach that bastard, he thought to himself, turning over in bed. The next day came quickly, and the air hung wet with morning dew. Breakfast was waiting for him on the table, along with a note wishing him luck. Mom always worked so hard, Skamos said to himself as he speared a sausage and ate. After cleaning his plate, he grabbed his new staff and headed for the town square where all participants for this year were to meet. Welcome, welcome, said a grizzled old man, the city's elder, and a direct advisor to the king. Today we'll start your journey into adulthood. Each of you will undergo a series of five trials. Today is the day of introduction. Look amongst you, young ones. These are your brothers and sisters. Many of them won't be coming back. It is imperative that you work together to survive, to thrive, and to continually grow our community. A small ovation of claps could be heard as he finished. The clapping subsided, though, with a wave of his hand. Now then, Take this time to make your way over to each of the three covered tents set up around the square to receive further instructions. In the meantime, get to know some of the other participants. He said the last part in a fairly unusual way, as if to signify a hidden meaning to his words. Skamos was surprised to see the large crowd gathered. Some of the parents had come out and even some of the masters. Skamos made his way to the first tent. 
Jess, a girl one year his elder, was standing at the back of the line. Her mousy brown hair dangled just past her eyes, and she wore a look of excitement and nervousness on her face. <laughs> hey Jess, Skemo said, kind of shyly. He had a bit of a crush on her, ever since looking up at the stars together one night. Those were better days, he thought to himself. Oh, hi Skemos, she said weakly, her hands visibly shaking. You're nervous, aren't you? Well, don't worry, I can protect you, Skemos said, his face flashing a smile. Oh, thank you, she bowed, and then stopped speaking as a barking voice overtook hers. Next! With that, she stepped inside. Not too many moments later, she came right back out and immediately hugged Skemos, and then turned and ran off to the next tent. Skemos's hand gripped the flap of the tent. The atmosphere was a bit crippling. The unknowingness of what lay beyond it filled him with a sense of deep unease. Come on, next! A voice shouted. Skemos steadied himself and walked through. Inside sat a pair of two men, each dressed in plate mail and bearing many scars. Show us your weapons, boy! Skemos stretched out the end of his staff and handed it to the man speaking to him. His head was essentially one large scar, his eyes slightly mismatched, and his skin twisted from what Skemos could only guess was a terrible fire of some kind. His face looked down at it and then pivoted back directly at Skemos. A very fine weapon indeed. These markings. How did you happen upon this boy? He felt sick looking at the scarred up old man. Ah, I earned it from my teacher. The man looked down again. I see. Very well then. And with that, he tossed it back at Skemos. Do you need any armor, or are you content to survive in what you have? The other man said, eyeballing him. I'll be okay, I think. And with that, he was given the go-ahead to leave. Skemos stepped out of the tent and breathed a huge sigh of relief. I definitely wouldn't want to fight that guy, he thought half-jokingly in an attempt to ease his disturbed mind. Hey, kid, come here called out an older elven boy who was leaning against the ancient tree that centered the plaza. He was pale and tall and slender, like most of those of his race. He was dressed in elaborate colors Skemos had only seen in textbooks when it mentioned the nobility who rarely left their end of the district. You seem a decent sort. What do you say taming up with me? I could make it worth your while. Skemos closed his eyes and thought back to the tax note. How much? But as his lips were forming the word, a similarly dressed girl with golden waves for hair stepped up beside him. I'll not have you dealing with a derelict, brother. Stamping her foot so hard a small cloud of dust plumed, she carefully looked Skemos head to toe and then pawed her chin curiously before walking off with her brother in tow. Skemos made his way to the next tent. No line. Seemed like it was his lucky day. He peeled back the flap, wondering what horrors this tent held. Inside sat an older man dressed in white and a younger woman beside him. Take off your shirt and have a seat on the stool. Skimos complied, shooting a coy glance at the young woman. The man stepped up and began examining him with a variety of tools, his assistant asking questions while he did so. They started with his head, the man running hands through his sandy brown hair, then moving on to his chest and back, cataloging the variety of small scars he had sustained in his training with Dram. Eventually, the man looked up and over at his assistant. Okay, now, if you'd step outside for a moment, Farah. The young woman exited the tent. All right, then. Drop the rest of your clothes, if you please. Skemos felt uneasy. Uh, what? What? Why? The man slapped a palm to his forehead. Hurry up, kid. I don't have all day. 
Skamos reluctantly pulled down his drawers, and the man gave him a quick once-over and told him to get dressed. All right, you are clear. With that, he handed him a sheet of parchment and told him to get it signed by the other tents, explaining he would need it to participate in the trials. But I already have been to the armament tent, Skamos said, his head dropping in disbelief. Just go get it signed. And with that, Skamos stepped out. He doubled back to the first tent to find the line had almost tripled and decided to head to the last tent instead. The line died fairly quickly and Skamos made his way into the tent. Inside, he found three attractive women at a table, burdened by a massive tome. Each had a different hair color, but otherwise, they looked strikingly similar to one another. Welcome, young man. We're going to select your partners for the exam. Their hands came together to turn a blank page in the tome. You'll need to place some of your blood here. The middle sister passed a palm over the tome. Don't worry, a pinprick will do, said the third sister. Skamos felt very uneasy again. He had heard tale of blood magic before, and none of it was good. But before he had a chance to react, the youngest sister laughed manically and she produced a small sewing pin and pressed it into Skamos's finger. Skamos grimaced at the pain, but nevertheless let her guide his finger to the page of the book. She leaned her full body weight against his hand, her breast pressing against his arm, as the blood stained the pages in a whirling effect began. It created a beautiful pattern across the page that seemed to spell out a novel. Then suddenly the page was blank again. What are you doing? Skamos started. Just be quiet, the younger sister said, still pressing down his arm. A list of names began to appear, and each one turned black and withered from the page, until only three names were left. Skamos, Rohan, and Elizabeth. Remember them well. These will be your partners, the final sister said, twirling her hair. Your destinies are intertwined, and fate will call upon each of you to deliver honor to our city or die trying. Skamos's face soured as he looked at Rohan's name in the scarlet lettering. Can't I have a different partner? I'd really like to be on Jess's team. The middle sister snapped her finger and Skamos felt a rush of wind and in a blink found himself just outside the tent facing the opposite direction. <sighs> Bitch, he said under his breath. No sooner had he whispered the curse, he found himself knocked off his feet and face first into the gravel by some unseen force. Can't stay on your feet, eh? A familiar voice called out. It was Sigurd, Rohan's best friend. Guess you'll be easy pickings by the time fighting starts. He smiled down at him. Skamos clenched his fists and stood back up. I dare you to say that again! His face flushed with rage. Maybe later, he said with false bravado in his voice. We'll fight another time. And with that, he took off. Skamos dusted himself off and made his way for the armament tent once again. Stepping past the line, he threw back the flap haphazardly and interrupted another candidate screening. The twisted-faced man looked up at him, and Skamos grew sick again. A sudden intensity entered the atmosphere, and Skamos felt himself overwhelmed by a crushing presence. The examiner's twisted face looked at the other candidate. You can leave now, Ralt. With this, he stepped out of the tent, and as he did, the crushing sensation subsided. We don't appreciate interruptions, especially during a private screening, boy, the second man had said. I, I just need you to get my paper signed. Skamos managed, and each of them placed a mark on the paper. Now get out, the twisted man said. Skamos stood outside the tent and looked down at his parchment. 
He was relieved to see a lip print next to the team assignment box. The sun was finally on its way down and he decided to head home. As Skamos turned the corner, a gauntlet hit him square in the face. Reeling, Skamos shook himself to see a figure decked in heavy rusted armor. Thought I'd try out my new armor early. Skamos recognized the voice. What are you doing, Rohan? He screamed at him now holding his bloody face. Like I said, trying out my new armor. Better test the blade too. With that, Rohan whipped out a Kopesh sickle sword. Skamos pulled out his staff from his back and did his best to remember the word Dram had used. Anam! Nothing happened. Rohan waddled a little bit closer towards Skamos, clearly burdened by the armor. Agam! No, that wasn't it! The blade made a clumsy strike at him. Hold still, dammit! I won't kill you! We're on the same team, after all! Rohan said, wildly swinging. Angram! Skamos shouted, finally remembering the word of power, and with that, the top opened and the chain appeared. Skamos ducked under a swing from Rohan and whipped the chain around to catch his legs. Instead of catching his legs and knocking Rohan off balance as he intended to, the chain passed effortlessly through the metal of Rohan's armor and bisected his legs, leaving Rohan's torso toppled to the ground, blood soaking to the gravel beneath him. No! Skamos said, running beside him. It was a little too late, though. The little heaving the chest had been doing had grown still. By the goddess, what have you done? Skamos's mother sat just beyond the door now, her mouth open, curved in horror. I... I didn't mean to. I, I swear, Mom... Skamos couldn't hold back the tears. He never wanted to kill anyone. He wanted to be a guardian, not a murderer. While he was weeping, a guard found his way over to the two of them. Glancing down at the body, he started making a few sucking and tisking noises with his mouth. Ah, first kill then, he said, bending over and picking up the blood-soaked parchment that had been tasked to getting sign earlier in the day. Ego one, aren't you, kid? The man smiled a wolfish grin and started off. I'll be back to take the body. You go on and rest up. Skamos did his best to hold back his emotion. What? What in the nine hells? His mom called out to the guard as she helped Skamos to his feet and ushered him inside. Skamos found himself constantly having trouble falling asleep, and when he finally did, his dreams were plagued with the blood of Ronin and the decent memories he had of them when they did play together as kids. Morning came, and Skamos felt not at all rested. There was a sickening sensation, worse than what the man in the tent had brought on. Breakfast was on the table again, alongside with a note apologizing for not seeing him off. Skamos couldn't bring himself to eat and decided he better go to the next testing site. He felt a lump in his throat. As he opened the door, he realized the ground was still stained red and the air held an unpleasant scent to it. A rock suddenly went whizzing past his head. You! You killed my son! A large woman dressed in a tattered dress was glaring in his direction and raising her arm to repeat her assault. Another rock flew mere inches this time away from his head. I'm sorry! I'm sorry! Skamos pleaded with her, but as another rock narrowly missed him, he saw that words would not be heard. Covering his head, he started running toward the exam site. Upon arrival, he was surprised to see how large a gathering had already arrived. A single table sat in the center of camp with a large line leading up to it. His eyes caught Jess, and as their eyes met, he quickly looked away, ashamed of the previous night's transgressions. Jess approached. I guess we didn't end up on the same teams, she said, kind of downtrodden. But it's okay. I'm stronger than I look. 
The dirt near Skamos' feet started to clump as moisture engorged them. I'm... I'm sorry, Jess. I did... As he was saying this, Sigurd blindsided Skamos to the ground and began to beat his fist into him. After a few punches, the assault ceased as a dagger pressed into the side of Sigurd's face. It was Jess. Get off of him, she said, somewhat menacingly. What are you doing, Jess? We're on a team, and this bastard... He paused a moment. This bastard killed Ro. Hot tears fell onto Skamos' face as Sigurd's face twisted in agony. The dagger fell to the ground beside them. Jess' hands were shaking again. No, it couldn't be. I don't believe you. She took off in another direction. That's enough of that, a gruff voice called out. You'll be having plenty of time for roughhousing later. Sigurd reared back his fist as if to strike Skamos again, but a cudgel caught his ribs and knocked him off. I said that's enough! The figure over Skamos was massive. He wore decorated plate armor that gave off a radiant glow and a cape of black bird feathers. Go on and get back in line, son! And with that, he walked off. Skamos wanted to look for Jess, but knew nothing he said would ever let her forgive him. The line went fairly quickly after the commotion, and soon Skamos found himself before the large table. On it stood three large banners of varying colors. One decorated in crimson, scarlet, and gold, another blue and silver, and the last a purple and smoke gray. Ah, the team killer. Got one every year, I'm afraid. You won't go far killing your own team, boy. A large woman biting into an oily mutton chop said. Grease drizzled down her chin and found its way onto the parchment paper before her. Let's have your slip, then. Skamos placed his form in front of him. Very good. Find your remaining teammate and wait for further instructions. And don't kill them. We'll do what we can to find your replacement this time, but if you do it again, you'll be going at this all alone. Skamos backed away from the table. I haven't the slightest idea who this Elizabeth is. Just as he thought that, though, the noble girl from yesterday stepped in front of him. Looking worse for wear already, aren't we, Skamos? She brushed back her golden hair with her hand. I heard you killed that Rohan guy. I'm sure to die with someone like you on my team. I'll just have to make sure not to let you behind me. She placed a hand to the small of her back and gave a mischievous smile. Then a voice boomed out. Welcome to day two of the trials. All heads turned up to see the man from before with the raven cloak hovering high above in the air. Floating along with him were several hooded figures who chanted arcane words in unison. The first challenge of today shall be a test of team cohesion, adaptability, and above all else, your survival skills. Each team will be given a non-specific list of items to gather within the woods. These items will be imperative in your next challenges, so think wisely on what you gather. With this, the unified voices of the cloaked figures crescendoed and a rip in space revealed a dark, looming forest. One last word of warning, the man boomed. The woods is not a safe place. Some of you will not return from this trial, but if you do, you can obtain the greatest jobs this city has to offer. Cherish this time, as for some of you, it may be your only experience beyond the wall. And be safe. Good luck. And begin! 
With that, the trial master landed near the portal, and each team started stepping through, accepting a piece of parchment from the trial master before teleporting to the hungry wilderness that awaited them. Askemus and Elizabeth waited their turn to step through the rippling portal. They were joined by a tall, lanky figure, donning banded leather armor. His belt held two daggers that had different color stones adorning their pummels. Seems like you two are missing a party member, and it seems like my party got themselves murdered last night. My name's Thalys Rohan. The Fate Sisters told me that we were to join our two fractured teams. By that, I mean just myself joining you two, since I'm the only one that's left. The other two I was grouped with got into a nasty bar fight and didn't quite make it out, apparently. Didn't find out till the morning. What about you lot? What happened to your missing party? Elizabeth shrugged, looking at Skamos, as if to say, it's your choice to tell him or not. It was at this moment Skamos was presented the list of possible materials to gather, and they were each, one by one, picked up and deposited in the waiting, wanting, hungering woods. Now, my dear friends, my writers, my players, my listeners, as Skamos looks down at the list before him, there are many options of magical plant life that he may pursue. This choice will affect his trials, his story, and inevitably his whole life. So what will he search for? A treant seed? A mandrake root? Or maybe a myconoid spore? Or maybe something else? If you have an idea that you think that might fit the setting and that the community likes, we'll run with it and write the story in that direction. This choice is yours to make as a community. Go to our Without the Dice YouTube page and cast your votes in the comments for what you'd like to see happen, for the narrative is truly yours. Forget the dice. Let's play a game. Let's create our story.